Water. Earth. Fire. Air. This is what were you saying? <laughs> this is Yep Yep. Hooray! That's our podcast. Let's go. We're going. We're oh. here. Oh, hi, Jessica. Oh, hi, Jordan. How long have you been there for in my computer screen? Oh, weeks, days. So Jessica, she was having some sweet glare going on in the camera that was really bothering Katie. So Jessica decided to do what anyone would do and... Put a hat on it. Some people put birds on it, but there are no birds available. Yes, Katie, you're blinking. No, because I was going to make a joke, but now it's long, long gone. The window closed? Definitely. So Katie and I are having difficulties with beer. I thought we'd tell you about it. So we decided to try a fresh hop IPA. And we surprisingly really liked it. And so we took a chance with a different... We went to McMenamin's and tried their Thundercone. Not as good. Got a whole growler full. And now Katie's like, well, I guess we're going to give this to Jessica. Yeah, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to try it. It's awesome. I was like, yeah, there's a red flag. I'm like, we never like the shit that everybody else likes. Never. Except Avatar. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's that's my thing. Good one. So, Jessica, I feel like you're really uh, casting a wide blanket covering the the world in Avatar goodness. Are you the harbinger of good times, or are people just, like, figuring out on their own, being like, oh, we should watch this? I think they're just figuring it out. I think the fact that it's available on Netflix, and Netflix probably is like, hey, would you be interested in Avatar? And people are like, oh, yeah. Maybe I see I'd you've watched that. an animated show. Have you tried this animated show? That came out 15 years ago. Okay, so we talked to our friend's kid about this. I think we told you. We talked to Allie, and Mm -hmm. she got really salty about Avatar. She's like, yeah, I don't know. I really liked it, but I think they took too much from Frozen 2. And I was like, girl, uh, you realize Avatar came out 15 years ago, right? And she's like, she started laughing hysterically, and she's like, no, it didn't. So confident. Yeah. (laughs) So this is what happens. Like, something new appears on Netflix, and uh, all of a sudden, it's the, the newest thing. Maybe everyone thinks Sister Sister is brand new. And then they look up Tia and Tamara Maori and they're like, what? How did they get so old so fast? Maybe. Except for on Netflix, it's under retro shows. Is it really? Are you interested in retro shows like Gilmore Girls and Sister Sister? And I was like, oh, wow. I guess we are old now. My, uh, I'd never seen an episode of Sister Sister and then Katie introduced me to it. And so now I'm just singing Sister Sister. Yeah, we've seen a whole like four episodes. We're doing pretty well. Okay, so here we are. This is Yip Yip Hooray, an Avatar podcast. It's me, Jordan. Hey, Jordan. It's me, Katie. How'd you get in here? Born here. Whatever that means. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Mayblade. Maybe it's Katie. <laughs> wow. Katie. Katie. Maybe it's Katie May. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Maybe it's Katie May. Don't reveal my name. Sorry. My bad. Who are you? I mean, we've addressed it, but... Yeah. It's Jessica. It's Jessica. Uh, Jessica. Jessica gave me a couple belated birthday presents, because she couldn't get it on time, but that's okay. Uh, The second of the birthday gifts was... I'm going to show it to the screen, even though no one can actually see it, (laughs) but it's this sweet pillow that says... Time to get a flying bison. The pillow does not sound like that. Time to get, well, if you well, no, it does because there's a little. Jessica recorded a personalized uh, audio message for me, and it's buried here within the pillow. See, I'm going to press it right now. Time to get a flying bison. Oh, Jessica, that voice. I'm going to try it again here. Time to get a flying bison. 
And then there's a picture of Appa, and it says loyal, reliable, cuddly, which is all things that uh, also describe me. Hmm. Thank you, Jessica, for the Avatar-themed swag. You're welcome. I thought it was very cute, and I felt like I should share that joy with you. (laughs) uh, The only Avatar swag I had for about 10 years was movie-licensed The Last Airbender and my Shyamalan version shirts for... Oh, real bad. Real bad. I wouldn't. I didn't wear them after I watched it. I like wore it secretly. I was like, oh, I'm wearing this water type shirt from the movie, but I'm not going to tell anybody. Put like a button-up <laughs> shirt over the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, it's loose, so you're like, oh, there's a design on that. I can't quite tell what it is. But yeah, the tag on the back definitely just says The Last Airbender with like the exact same font that they use in that, and I was really embarrassed by it. So the last time we talked to Jessica, we were addressing the season two finale, and now we are six episodes into book three, and we're here, Jessica. We'd like to hear your thoughts on season three so far. Um, season three is great. The fashion's amazing. I mean, Fire Nation really has the fashion looks. <laughs> they, they got it all. Wait, wait, wait. I'd like to disagree. What Can we talk about Azula's cute season two finale outfit? We've talked about it. I know. That's Earth Kingdom, man. Yeah, we all agree. So what, what, what outfits are you, are you vibing with? Um, all of them? I don't know. I hope you mean, like, Iroh's Wait. dungeon robe. <laughs> yeah, definitely the tattered rags um, of the dungeon. <laughs> we all love that look. It's classic. Um, I just like that everyone's, like, hair's, like, down. I like Sokka's little haircut. <laughs> or yeah. lack thereof. Right, everyone's getting kind of rugged. They've been around a while. Everyone's been around. I mean, Katara no longer is rocking the hair loopies. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Zuko's hair in the beach episode, it's so long. It's crazy long. It's Green Day long. Uh, the beach. Yeah, do you think it's just like, hasn't found a Fire Nation barber he likes? Mm. <laughs> you know, he's like, ah, you know, I don't know anyone who can make the scar look good, so I'm just gonna like grow it out. <laughs> do you think Uncle Iroh cut his hair before, and so he doesn't know what to do now that he doesn't have Uncle Iroh around to cut his hair? Iroh absolutely cut his hair. And, like, nice. especially in the awkward grow-out period in book two, he was like, oh, Prince Zuko, it's not coming in very well around <laughs> here. So, I mean, when you think about it, Zuko's hair came in really well, so obviously Iroh was the barber there. But he probably did that really fancy thing. You know, have you seen it where the barber has, like, a like a, an active flame and it's, like, burning your hair to, like, cut it? That's a thing. No. That what? sounds like it would smell terrible. Maybe. <laughs> Definitely. Have you tried it? <laughs> we can try it right now. Okay, well, um, you go get a lighter. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Time to get a flying bison. Sorry, I hit the pillow again. I hate when that happens. Katie, do you have any favorite uh, book three outfits or hairstyles? Mm, all of them. I don't know. I can't. Not in the zone. Okay, what's happening with, like, okay, I do not have a head tattoo or any tattoo where hair could get involved. Don't we think if Aang had a tattoo on his head that the hair wouldn't come in very well over that? Or is that not how it works? Jessica, you're covered from head-to-toe tattoos. Right, you got a head tattoo. So, so many tattoos. Um, That's a great question. Because uh, I'm trying to Mike, think of, right. like, arm tattoos. I don't know anyone who really has, like, a forearm tattoo, and that's where most people would be hairiest, where the tattoo is. Or, like, right in the happy trail. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a hairy tattoo. (laughs) I don't know about this term, hairy tattoo. (laughs) 
Yeah, but they're out there. They are out there for uh, sure. Listeners, if you have a hairy tattoo, please send a photo to podcast at gmail.com. Nothing explicit, please. please. And let us know how you maintain or don't. One hairy tattoo. Or maybe the hair growing in is part of the tattoo. Hmm. You know? So, Jessica, in the book three premiere, The Awakening, what was your reaction when we zoom in on Aang's hairy head? My honest reaction was no. Well, the um, snippet that plays when I go to see Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix makes sense because it's always a clip of Aang with a full shed of hair at the Fire Nation school, and I'm like, "Who's this kid who looks just like Aang but has hair in a Fire Nation clothes? But why is this the clip for Avatar?" And now I was like, "Boom! It all makes sense. He has hair now." Okay, okay. so. Wait. But I also was like, wait, he can grow hair? He's been shaving his head this whole time? I guess I assumed <laughs> that the tattoo was preventing his hair or he had alopecia. I don't know. Eagle-eyed viewers uh, in the book two, Tales of Bossing, say, we get a view of everyone shaving. Aang shaving his head. Sokka takes, like, his sword knife and is, like, shaving off his mustache, which looks very similar to mine. And then- No, no. I have to sidebar about backtracking to Netflix I'm like, I feel like they always have these off-colored, like, little clips or pictures. It's like, what is this? Is this supposed to, like, draw me in? I, mean, I don't know. Off-colored makes it sound like it's very offensive. Did I say off-colored? Yeah. Did I? You did, but I know what you meant. It's like, <laughs> it's not off-colored. It's just, like, a weird, random side character is, like, it'll be, like, Gilmore Girls, but the picture will be, like, Jess, like, Rory's boyfriend for, like, two seasons. And you're like... So it's like he's not a Gilmore girl. Why are you showing me this? Yeah, I want to know who's in charge. My favorite one, it's not a clip, but it's a it's a Parks and Rec image that gets cycled through for the thumbnail for the series. And sometimes it's this like green-tinged Ben Wyatt that makes it look like a procedural for like some horror type murder mystery. It's mm. the most it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, I feel like it should be little Sebastian, and then it gets those like miniature horse people. Like, Did you say in. little? That's a big. That's a big. Uh, a big demographic. Did you the, say the little horse. Sebastian? It's a little. Lil. Lil. I don't know. That's not what I heard. Like in Rugrats, Phil and Lil. Listeners, rewind the tape. <laughs> Time to get a flying bison. Sorry, I just can't stop like touching the pillow. That's great. Okay, what are we talking about? We're talking about hair. Hmm. And then, okay, so back to the Avatar thing. I think it's a little negligent on Netflix's part to be like, oh, here's a preview of Deep into Season 3. Are you wanting to watch this show now? Yeah, I agree. It's insane. It should just be the clip of um, Aang on his little, like, airbender ball running into that little monument. Over and over again. Because it makes me laugh every time, and uh, I don't know why that wouldn't just be it. (laughs) It must be a cousin thing because Katie and Troy definitely are giggling that whole time. And I'm just sitting there mad. I'm like, this part. No, I laugh because Troy's laughing. And we've already (laughs) found out that Jessica also laughs at that part. So I am just laughing with them. Not because I'm like, ha ha, Aang. Good one. (laughs) It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Other season two things are, what's your vibe on what's going on with Zuko right now? Well, as we discussed, Zuko's very emo. What? Um, <laughs> it's like the last Ugh. time when we talked about the end of season two, it was just like emo Zuko. Um, 
But, I mean, we... I don't want to jump ahead, but obviously episode six is a big game changer for Zuko as the character. You get a lot of new information that you're like, oh, what's he going to do with this info? What do you think um, he's going to do with that info? I don't know. I don't, it's hard to have faith in him. <laughs> I mean, he's screwed but everyone, up. I guess Uncle Iroh has faith in him. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, it was quite the twist. I had to explain it to my husband, Greg, what exactly happened. Because he was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, so confused. <laughs> he's like, so wait, how is the Avatar his like grandpa? But his grandpa's the Fire Lord? And I was like, yeah, it's confusing. But people have two grandparents, so that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg was uh, created in a tube, so he really only has one set of grandparents. Yeah. He's a clone. Yeah, so it, it is an interesting thing with Zuko how... In his just genealogy now, he's born into this like kind of side of great good and the side of great evil, we can see in that way. And so a lot of his actions throughout the series kind of like make a lot more sense. You're like, oh, well, Zuko did this thing that was like kind of good. And you're like, oh, that's nice. So, like he's, he's not completely gone at this point. So I mean, but I mean, it's all genetics is all like a crapshoot, right? And like, oh, yeah. clearly, like, I mean, I guess we're to understand that Azula got no Avatar genes <laughs> because, like, even when they're at like their like bonfire on the beach, she's like, "Mother always thought I was evil." I mean, she was right, and she's just like, "Whatever about it." <laughs> but it's still like, hate. okay. So, like, even she's written off herself. Like, what is happening? Okay, the beach episode though were, was that meant to make us start to feel more for Azula? It was a very odd time. It to be focusing did make on me feel more like it warmed my heart. I loved Azula in that episode. Um, Why? Because I love uh, soapy teen drama, and right. it was really scratching the itch of watching, like, the OC or Dawson's Creek, but then <laughs> the twist is that Azula's just, like, straight up evil, but she still, like, wants a boyfriend. I don't know. I loved it. Right, right. No, she wants to fit in, and she's not really sure why people... Yeah, that she is just kind of off. And she comes she, like, on hits on that boy, and then she's like, we can rule the world together. And he's just like, whoa, that's a lot. But it's like, she's like, yeah, that's what normal people want, to rule the world. <laughs> you're like, okay, I get you, Azula. Like, you're like, I have goals, and if you're not going to be with me on my goals, then I don't need you in my life. What do you think about Zuko's relationship? I feel like Zuko's in that relationship because a girl liked him and it was easy. Um, what's the name of the girlfriend? May. May. <laughs> It's gonna be May. I like May. I can relate to May. I think May <laughs> needs to move on from Zuko. I don't think she's getting what she needs out of that relationship. Hey, I brought you some ice cream. Oh, it fell on you. Oh. They're so Thanks. toxic. Yeah, I feel like there's toxic... Uh, whatever. How about the the ending where their resolution for the episode is to go destroy the house of, that, of Eric Von Denton? Um, I also enjoyed that twist because it was like, yeah, all those kids were kind of like dicks to them, but like, obviously they weren't evil, so they don't like deserve to have their house destroyed, but you're also like, I don't know, they're Fire Nation, so like, who cares? That's true. And like, they're not good people, they're like the, like, so like, right, they're like Zuzu. the gentler people. <laughs> Zuzu. They're like, okay, obviously like. The crown prince and princess, which he's like, apparently there's not pictures of them all over because no one recognizes them. Even though they've been going to that beach like all their lives. Like, I didn't really understand that. (laughs) Boo. Inconsistencies. (laughs) 
Yeah, also, um, I mean, don't you think in a, in a monarchy you should just be trained to recognize on site any member of the royal family? Just saying. Yeah, like, don't they have, like, state dinners and stuff? Nope. Not it's very insular. Not in the Fire Nation. It's all secrets. It's Earth Kingdom. And so, it's like, if it was, like, a poor Fire Nation family, I'd feel bad. But since it's, like... <laughs> You know, people at the Capitol from the Hunger Games and <laughs> getting their house destroyed. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's a really good comparison. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Okay, what about Aang and the gang? I feel like their their goal right now is just kind of lay low. I mean, they feel like they don't really have much agency besides waiting out the eclipse for season three so far. Well, in the Painted Lady episode, Sokka is very upset about their timeline. And he's like, we gotta get out of here. Look at my super long scroll where I've written out every single thing, which is impressive, but also, like, insane. And they stayed there, I don't remember, like, three days? No, no, if you, if, okay, if you really pay attention, like, how long it took to clean up that river, I'm assuming they're still there today. Like, they were there for weeks cleaning that river. I don't know. Uh, gotta change of heart. But then in the episode where he becomes a swordmaster, I was like, how long is this gonna take? And it's, like, literally the same day at the end, isn't it? <laughs> I think there's, like, one night, because he forges yeah. the sword overnight. Right. Oh, yeah, and like, so in the and morning, he's like, well, oh, at the end of the first day, he's like, you deserve a sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know. And by the first day, more like the end of the first, like, shift? Like, six hours in, P and Dow's like, hey, let's go. Let's get let's get a move on, man. I think it's because Sokka was unconventional, and he knew that Sokka wasn't really going to be a... Polished? Hmm. Right. Yeah, and what did also... you see in Sokka that you didn't see in the other people? Well, I mean, assuming that other people thought they were, like, so great. So he didn't humility. Have, like... Yeah. I argued that Sokka was aggressively dumb in that episode, like, when he doodled on his face and then rubbed it on the on the parchment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with that. I wasn't happy with that at all. <laughs> Is it because you really relate to Sokka and you're like, I wouldn't do that? Yeah, I think maybe. Because I'm like, ah, oh, it seems really out of character for me. <laughs> Time to get a flying bison. We should try that. What do you think paint about your face? His... His addition of the rainbow in his landscape. <laughs> I mean... I thought it was a nice touch. Are we getting some, like, maybe subtle, like, Sokka gay vibes? I mean, that'd be a good good direction to go. Hmm. I think it was, like, queer coding. I just thought he was like, oh, it'd be nice if there's a rainbow. I mean, I will make the argument that when I would make doodles, like, I would often add a rainbow mm-hmm. into them. Like, my my doodle of of lore, of your is I would make two clouds with a large arched rainbow with a uh, tap-dancing, jazzy Tyrannosaurus Rex on it. Yeah, it's a nice picture. I've seen it many times. I just feel like both were examples of his immaturity. Just that, you know, he's still like a kid. And so that's why it was so shocking to me at the end of that where he's like, you're going to be a greater swordmaster than me. You're already so great. (laughs) I was like, but we've pretty much established he's like a kid. (laughs) But, I mean, you could still buy into the fact that maybe there is, you sense a lot of potential, and part of it could be that, yeah, like that humility and just that, yeah, he's starting at ground zero, has some heart, and maybe that'll take him far. He's already come so far, Jessica. Katie really enjoyed Piandao, the Swordmaster, because he talks like Batman, and then he was like, when he's fighting Sokka, he's just giving him all these compliments. Great work, yeah. Sokka! Use your terrain! Ah, my eyes! Good use of dirt! It was the best uh, little... I wouldn't say it was a fight scene. A uh, What do you call that? 
the climax of the episode. No, like a duel, a... Duel of the Fates? Like a practice fight. What's that? Uh, Sparring? Uh... Sparring. Sparring. So what did you think about uh, Aang going to school? Aang was a good time at school. Of course Aang would like school. And like Having no formal friends. education. <laughs> right, kids his own age, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Pretending to be from the colonies. I enjoyed that, that they're like all like, uh, we're weird because we're from the colonies. <laughs> but what about Katara and Sokka as his parents? Wang fire and sapphire fire? The best. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, what about... Katara pregnant also? Didn't she have like a pregnant belly? No, yeah, Katara was... was not mm-hmm. pregnant. Sapphire fire was pregnant. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then that, uh, what do we think about the, the sweet dance scene in the cave, cave dance? I mean, I always love a dance scene. I love a makeover. I love a dance scene. I love all the tropes. <laughs> uh, where are you on the uh, Katara Aang shipping? Or are you still holding I mean, that for Zuko? No, because, I mean, I don't know. Aang, he's too little <laughs> to ship with anyone. I mean, he was their son in the headband. Rightfully so. Hmm. And as we know, girls mature faster than boys. Because are they supposed to be the same age? Because in my mind, he's like at least a year younger than her. I mean, obviously, he's, a- he's like 300 years old or whatever. He's 112. <laughs> Not 300. How he's dare 5, you? He's 5,000 years old. He is the first human on Earth. <laughs> Time to get a flying bison. Okay, so uh, Katara is supposed to be two years older. Yeah. I mean, at that age, it's like that might as well be 300 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we established uh, Painted Lady. Were you enjoying the fact that they were liberating this town? This nasty town. Nasty town. I enjoyed it from the perspective of it, like, showing, like, there's, like, normal people living in this place that the rest of the Fire Nation is kind of exploiting and, you know, damaging the earth. I mean, it felt very true to hope, like, right now, where you just see... I guess industrialism come in and like pollute everything and everyone who lives there can't like survive on their like what they've been doing or when we like dam up a river and then flood the village and you're like sorry you just gotta leave now and we're changing the ecosystem here it's like a big problem so I'm glad that they were addressing that yeah it definitely was like the Fern Gully episode which I don't know why they waited until season three to do that but and then uh, in a previous episode, we talked to Troy about some of the inspirations for just the geography of the Fire Nation. Uh, Japan is a big one, mostly because it's like loosely modeled after Japanese culture in a way and kind of like the World War II era colonialism thing that spurred it all. Um, but in terms of like the the topography and some of the the things in the Fire Nation, they took inspiration from Iceland. I was going to say. Did I mean, it take you back? <laughs> The crazy like volcanic activity that's going on and there's not really trees in fire nation is there i guess not or are they logged at all burned well, at Iceland, all they don't have any trees because the vikings like cut them all down and then like they didn't like go back so they have trees but like not that many and they're like really short they don't oh, very yeah. tall uh, also, with the iceland fire nation connection the waterfall that Sokka doodles with rainbow is modeled after like an existing waterfall in Iceland. Oh, do you know which yeah. one was it? Dentafoss. I did have it written down. It is not with me right now. But if you listen to the episode uh, Sword Sokka and Ripped Iroh, you can hear all about it. <laughs> oh yeah, what Jessica. do you think about oh, man the Iroh ripped? That was yeah. Crazy. What do you think about Iroh in jail? Cut. I mean, 
I respect the game. <laughs> okay, what what is he training for? Like the Olympics? Obviously to escape. With what? His bare hands? His abs? He's gonna flex? Well, he's tricking the guard into thinking he's a feeble old man. Which he is. Um, and so they'll let down their guard because they'll think, well, this guy's not gonna escape here. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, he can barely, he's starving and he can barely, like, move or whatever. Um, and then he can just, like, overpower them or something and escape. I mean, it makes sense. Like, he probably trained when he was a general to be, like, a prisoner of war. And he's probably treating it the same way. That's true. But once he leaves, where will he go? If he leaves. I think he'll probably go try to help the Avatar. I mean, clearly that's where his allegiance lies. Not, like, (sighs) necessarily the Avatar, but to... Probably the Earth. The world. Not letting his brother destroy the Earth with his, like, conquest. What I thought in the Back to the Two Grandfathers... They don't feel like they really explained why the Fire Lord would go to such extents to overtake the rest of the world and, like, not trust his friend the Avatar anymore and really, like... It's a quick line at Roku's wedding where he talks about how how prosperous the Fire Nation is and how he wants to share that prosperity with the world, which is very similar to uh, Japan's outlook at the beginning of World War II where they wanted to expand into all of East Asia and occupy them is kind of a front of like sharing prosperity, but it was just, uh, just a conquest on, on Japan's part. Yeah. So that's kind of where the fire nation is coming from. Like, I don't know this front of like sharing prosperity. Cause we're such a great nation. So shouldn't everyone be like us, but then it just seems like the genocide part doesn't quite factor in there. Right. Do you think it was like my best friend, He's always been lower than me because I'm the prince. Uh, turns out he's an avatar, so he's almost more respected than I am now. And then he disagrees about me with me about my plan to expand prosperity to the world. He's an idiot. Do you think like then the justification is he like just turns away so much because he's like angry at his best friend that he kind of lose sight of his original vision, and that's what eventually leads to this. I mean, was his original plan including genocide, or was it just twisted by his own son, and then it later became... No, because he destroyed the airbenders. I could yeah, see I him know. just it's being insane. so so twisted and angry at Roku. Maybe he sees Roku's betrayal, and so after Roku dies in the volcanic eruption, then Sozin decides to wipe out the Avatar because of his hatred for his best friend, which is a weird thing. But it's also like, I don't understand how he... And you get rid of all the threats, you know, where it's like you stay on top by making sure the game is rigged in your favor and you're you're able to, to yeah, to stay at the top. Whatever. But maybe they didn't feel like they could, quote unquote, share their prosperity with the Air Nomads because they were kind of detached from, you know, the material world in a way anyway. So they wouldn't, like, accept that from him. Sozin. Rat grandpa. So what did you think about the, like, history lesson flashback of, like, Roku's life? Um, I liked it. It was cool having the perspective and, like, having it told from the two sides. Oh, yeah, Roku and, what did you say his name was? Sozan? Sozan. Sozan. And, yeah, kind of just giving context to, like, why the Fire Nation wants to destroy the Avatar so much and why they, how it went from four-year equal nations to this really out-of-balance world they're in. Um, and I didn't see the twist that, uh, 
Zuzu's mom was Roku's daughter because they like because I was also like when do we get to see this avatar's wife like I want to know more about this wife relationship and I was like does the avatar just like chill and hang out most of the time if there's not like a crazy war going on like so he just like can have a family and then how do people like contact him to be like avatar we need your help like I was like I wanted to like the adventures of Roku, <laughs> like, just day-to-day to figure out, like, how that functions in society. Because, like, obviously, if there's this huge threat, Avatar has, like, a mission from the beginning, in addition to mastering the different elements, but... Yeah, peacetime like, you Avatar. them, you're just, like, good to go. I guess. I mean, peacetime Avatars is an interesting idea, because Roku clearly was that. Um, apparently, it took Roku 12 years to master all the elements, Maybe because it was times of peace and you could just chill. But I was uh, curious, like, I, how the Fire Nation views Roku. Because we don't really see anybody, like, no one's really talked about him. We haven't seen any, like, statues or commemorative things about him. Whereas we've seen one of the previous Avatar before Roku in Avatar Kyoshi, the whole island dedicated to her and her legacy. And I'm curious if the Fire Nation's kind of, like, done a bunch of propaganda against Roku or has painted him as kind of like this villain in Fire Nation history. Right, someone we don't talk about. Right, because I mean, presumably you don't put the statue up until the Avatars died, right? Probably. Like, with Kyoshi, yeah. they probably waited until she passed away before they put up their giant Kyoshi statue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so probably after Roku died, yeah, and then the Grandpa's is like, I'm not putting up statues of Roku. <laughs> like, that's not Like, yeah, and then being like, mm, just don't talk about avatars anymore, other than my, like, yeah, probably. They're just like, so probably those Fire Nation kids in school, although people recognize the avatar. So everyone knows that he, don't regular people recognize um, Aang as the avatar? I mean, I would say they probably recognize him as the Avatar because he's the only Air Nomad around. They're like, oh, Air on but the head. But they know enough that the Avatar's supposed to be an Air Nomad. Right, 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 right. And they presumably know what Air Nomads look like, even though they no longer exist <laughs> in the greater world. Mm-hmm. They must be learning something about Avatars. <laughs> how to spot them, how to take them out. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. right. Probably a pamphlet. What to do if you spot the Avatar. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Katie, any thoughts about these first six episodes? I believe I've already. You've expressed. I've expressed. So, Jessica, who's been the the star of the first six episodes to you? I gotta say, Azula in the Beach Vacay episode really stands out to me. I was, like, really into it. What'd you think about um, Zuko attacking, kind of just, like, attacking... Ty Lee. Calling her a circus freak? Yeah. I was like, get out of here. There's like so much well, yeah, toxic he's like, behavior. Yeah, because she's like a bright, shiny presence. Of course, he. I'm surprised May doesn't get more like upset at Ty Lee. But you'd think that their uh, personalities would clash more. But you of know, it's just. It's a track. But I think like May, I think that's her thing is she just allows people to be who they are. And she doesn't try to change anyone. It's like, I'm who I am, and you can just do your own thing, and I don't really care. Which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole the whole beach bonfire thing, it was like, everyone was like, airing their grievances against each other. But like, nothing was really resolved. Yeah, it was just a bunch of I crummy mean, things. And that's, airing that's your cool. grievances helps a lot. Just venting. 
Yeah. And then everyone's like on the same page. Like I've been thinking about this. This has been annoying me about you. Now you at least know about it. We talked about it and we're kind of like moving forward from there. Funny you mentioned that, Jessica. Uh, I've been, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about (laughs) (laughs) or to yell at you about. Uh, Okay. So what did you think about Zuko admitting that he's angry with himself? I was like, no, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why he's not more mad at Azula, honestly. In what way? I mean, although she has been weirdly nice to him, pretty like when she first got back, am I remembering this correctly? When he first got back, she was still kind of taunting him a little bit, right? With Uncle Iroh. Because she's like, I knew you went to go see him. And then he's like, what? How could you know that? And she's like, you just told me. Which, again, ah, Zuko, come on. I know, classic Azula. <laughs> right, like, I'm curious if Azula really does, like, want the best for Zuko in this moment. Like, she's seeing that maybe he's, like, on a path to, like, truly, like, regain his honor. Or if she's just kind of, like, wanting to bring him down even more, like, in a long game sense. Like, because she feels like Aang's still alive. Or has an inkling. Yeah, maybe she just misses him. Aww. Do you think she's capable of that? Well, you know, sometimes people, again, toxic behavior. You, like, miss having somebody there, not because you generally or genuinely like them, but because you have someone to kind of kick around. and, And obviously she... She really enjoys making him feel bad or kind of proving that she's better than him. Um, (laughs) This is going to sound terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I mean, I have a fraught relationship with my younger brother. (laughs) 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 He thinks that I (laughs) kick him around. and Everyone always tells me to be nice to him. (laughs) And I don't feel like I'm not being nice. So maybe Azula doesn't feel like she's not being nice to Zuko. That's fair. Katie, maybe as an older sister. she feels like she's treating him as like a little brother. And so, you know. But Zuko is the older brother. Well. But, I mean. Does he act like it? Exactly. I mean, Azula's really asserted herself in, in terms of where she stands for that family. And then what are, you, what are your thoughts about uh, the assassin tracking down Aang? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Blow up things with his head guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was so intense. I was like, what is happening? What is going on in this show? Now there's, like, a person who can, like, yeah, blow up things with his head. I don't know. It was, like, <laughs> shocking. It felt almost like, like, has there been anything like that in the show previous? Almost jumping the shark? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it's, like, explained or justified but it was just like okay this is like a whole new a whole new world yeah <laughs> like metal bending except for he's like not even doing like his like martial art right he's just like yeah no it's, it seems like just breathing like he's just like taking yeah. like a big breath and he's like and then it's like it's very like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely feels like it's skewed more into, like, a traditional anime in that sense. Like, he's just, like, this large, muscular, cool-looking guy. And I'm like, what if there's, like, a giant robot and we get, like, a Voltron situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait until the series finale. That's right. Buckle up. How do you think they're going to take down the Fire Nation with their own machine? And that's going to be the secret. I mean, they got a metal bender now. <laughs> okay, what are your thoughts for the rest of the season? What's going to happen? I think Uncle Iroh's going to escape. 
and he's going to do like some like clue uncovering or like figure out the Fire Nation plans. I think Zuko's going to be like emo for a few more episodes. Trying and to then what's going to happen? <laughs> what he wants to do. Then I think he'll. I mean, I guess Angstall is a firebender teacher. Can't be Zuko. I'll be upset if Zuko's the one that teaches him. I'll be like, what is happening? Zuko can't do anything. But maybe he'll join because he knows Sokka gives a good haircut. It's like, hey, man. Can you know? I don't know. Okay. Really quick, Jessica. Is there something that you would you would like to have happen in the show that you expect to happen, but maybe it's like too outlandish? You're like, well, they won't actually do that, but if I could fanfic it, this is what's going to happen in Jessica world. Ooh. The end of the show, um, all monarchies are toppled, and um, it becomes a... I guess socialist society. <laughs> and it turns into Scandinavia somehow. It's the darndest thing. And I have a feeling maybe that Aang will be the last avatar. Oh my god. Because, I mean, already... Well, I guess, okay. So if a airbender and a waterbender have a baby, like, what happens when you inter- intermarry? <laughs> Also, you get. I think we've already talked about this. Where do these air nomads come from? Because they're like monks. So, but we've addressed. They've they've mentioned it's kind of in passing. The eastern and western air temples were with nuns. Is how they they call them monks and nuns. Which I wouldn't. But the monks and nuns are coupling. I don't know. Look it up. I don't know. There's probably some saucy fan fiction out there mm. about that. Well, so so here's a thought: is that. Aang being an airbender, the next in the cycle is a waterbender. So if Aang were to theoretically get with a waterbender and have a kid, wouldn't you just be worried the whole time that as soon as that kid's born, you're going to die? Like, oh, oh what if this is going to be the next Avatar? Oh, God. Wouldn't that freak you out? But does the Avatar follow the bloodline? No, but like, no. Uh, because like in terms of... Um, just if, if you know reincarnation, get... the next in the cycle is going to be a waterbender, and so if you marry a waterbender and they're pregnant, and you're like, oh, hmm. I mean, it could happen. Wouldn't that just be? I mean, it'd be crazy. Like you're like, oh no, I met my demise, and then destiny decided this is going to be the next avatar. I mean, I would be freaked out. That's my thought. I mean, I want to get this whole thing, but like, are you an avatar at conception or <laughs> what's the timing? Well, I don't know. In the Avatar and the Fire Lord, it seems like the way they 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 made that episode was like Roku dies and then Aang is born. So like born, born. So it waits until yeah, maybe <laughs> it's just the next like baby to pop out. You're the avatar. That's right. If it's twins, first one to pop out. Oh man, Ooh, that's Avatar a... twins. But they Let's... don't figure out he's the Avatar right till later when they do the like Avatar toy test. Right, but the, the uh, Kyoshi novels, which I'm reading and are very good, apparently each of the cultures has a different method of finding the Avatar. Oh. And allegedly the air the airbenders are the only ones who do the toy test because that's more similar to what they do for the Dalai Lama. And then the like, other Where cultures. are they sourcing these toys? I think they just hold on to I think they probably hold they, on like, to it. They like mail it to the Avatar, like or they, they bring the Avatar there, and they're like, here, kids who are all the same age, here's a bunch of toys. Pick four. Mm-hmm. You pick like, the right ones. add one of Aang's toys from when he was a kid to the, like, grouping? Well, so I think it's, like, the same four toys, and then they oh. just keep those. Like, they're, like, ancient relics, and then they... 
Because that's how they pick the Dalai Lama. Like one kid that picks the like dreidel is the avatar. Yeah, no. So they have to pick all four. Oh, out of the group of like fifteen. Right. Or like hundreds. Because apparently in the in the Kyoshi novels, they describe they have like hundreds of toys and they kind of like space them all out specially. And so if they find all four, then they're the avatar because it's like a familiar thing. You're like, oh, these are the, my four toys. I've had these for thousands of years. I found my stuff. Wow. Cool stuff. Um, so I guess now what I'd want to see is a internation marriage of two vendors. <laughs> Well, I mean, mo- all good shows have a series finale with a wedding, so maybe we'll get a I'll wedding. I'll see an established couple, but yeah, maybe. Oh, man, who would get married? Azula. Azula, Azula and Sokka? Who? Sokka. I mean, what, what man could, could... What man could handle Azula? Be the proper beta to Azula. <laughs> Not that guy from the beach. It's definitely the blow things up with his head guy. No, he was terrible from the beginning. That guy's Eric Von Denton. I know. He was Eric Von Denton, like, Princess Diaries, not Eric Von Denton Brink. Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Well, the next three episodes are The Runaway, The Puppet Master, and Nightmares and Daydreams. Ooh. Ooh, Those are intense titles. Those are all very intense titles. they might be really intense episodes. Maybe. Runaway. We'll just have to wait and see. The Puppet Master. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, it's good. Let's go watch it. Well, Jessica, thanks for having us, and uh, thanks for this. Time for a flying bison! Yep, yep. Time to get a flying bison! I screwed it up at the very end. Oh, my God. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Get rid of that pillow now. Yeah, bye, pillow.